Hello and welcome to the 84th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Kingdom by Licorice and Neuer. Marco, who are you? Hi. What do you do? Uh, so I'm Marco, and I'm, I'm a game developer, and I'm one of the guys who made Kingdom. One of the pair of you made this. Yes, that's, that's so, amazing. And you're 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 Italian, but you're based in Iceland. Is that right? Exactly. <laughs> Whereabouts in Iceland? Is it Reykjavik or? Yeah, well, yeah, that's not. Not really. much else, is there? No, that's, not. <laughs> that's not insulting Iceland. How did you? How on earth did you manage to get there? May I ask that, or is it just something that you 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 really got into? Uh, a certain I don't know. Space trading game, or? <laughs> <laughs> I actually no. I came for vacation. Okay. Like three times, and I really liked it. And then I wanted to live abroad for a while. And so my plan was to stay here like three months. And now it's almost uh, 13 years. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> One of those 13 month, three years ratios. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know that I've, I've been there on that one. I, I can, I can empathize. <laughs> okay. So, and this question I've got for you is, uh, how did you make your start making flashy, lighty video games? Uh, I say flashy lighty just to differentiate between that and uh, board games, which we at Spong also cover sometimes. So, All right. Yeah. Um, actually, so I, I started when I was 12. Um, I started making games on my Spectrum, Sinclair Spectrum. Um, I was really, I was playing also a lot of games, but very soon I just, I was very fascinated by how these games were made. So I started learning uh, assembly, and I was doing everything in assembly on the Spectrum. And uh, well, you had was to having, really, didn't you, with that machine? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could use Basic, <laughs> but you know, uh, you there wouldn't. Was, there was only fun. one game I played on Basic on the on the Spectrum. That was Football Manager. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, so, yeah, of course. Yeah, it was assembly. What kind of, what kind of games did you make on the old Specky then? Ah, uh, I. I I cannot say that I made games. Actually, <laughs> no, it was more like um, I was learning, like you know, graphic programming and uh, how to move sprites around or scroll smoothly, pixel by pixel, you know, this okay. kind of stuff. So, and that, yeah, of course, I was making small games, but you know, like classic uh, guess a number or this kind of stuff. You know, very very simple stuff. Okay, um, and then from there, I just moved to. After a few years, I moved to the Amiga 500. Um, I learned a bit of uh, programming also there, but I didn't do much. Uh, I was mostly playing games because it was a fantastic machine. To Wasn't play. it, though? Did you have the one big upgrade? or? Of course. Of Thank course. you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that, that machine was... I mean, I had... I, that, that, I, you can yell at me at this point, but I started off with an ST. I know, I know. I, I, mm. I chose the wrong one. Uh, although Dungeon Master on the ST was great, as was Kickoff Two, but I eventually saw the light and uh, defected over to the Amiga. Although I did have both machines at the same time, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I remember, I remember my first ever network LAN game was Populous. We had oh, a we had nice. a we had a modem null modem cable 
stretch yeah. it between both machines and we were playing yeah. populous. Brilliant. Uh, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Anyway, anyway, we digress. But so you went to the Amiga, you, did you delve into the demo scene at all? Or did you see any of that? Yeah, I, I'm actually glad you mentioned that. So I, I, I discovered the demo scene when I moved to the PC okay. uh, in 92 or 93. Uh, when I saw for the first time uh, Second Reality by Future Crew, okay, I was completely blown away. It was like, okay, w- what is this? <laughs> what is this thing? I I want to know what is this. So what are they doing? Yeah, how are they yeah, doing? But this? What? <laughs> yeah, and I just yeah got myself into the demo scene like crazy. And uh, with my friends, we had a, a demo group and. We were trying to make. We didn't do much, but you know, in Italy it was really uh, hard to to find people who were interested at that time in this kind of stuff. Uh, but I went to the um, assembly uh, demo party in '96, 1996, oh, wow. in Helsinki, which was fantastic. I was completely blown away. So I stayed there for a while, like in, in the demo scene, and I wasn't really making games, but I, I learned a lot of uh, lot of stuff that actually helped me later. Hitting the hardware, as they called it. Uh, yeah. Although, did you really do that via Amiga? Forgive my ignorance of this, and you can feel free to yell at me, but I mean, is there not a lot of custom chips in that machine that made it sing? And yes. Make it do some extraordinary things that, quite frankly, yes. it shouldn't be doing. Because yes. of the interaction of those custom chips, yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so you didn't really have to do jump through too many hoops because it... Oh, well, well, it depends. I, okay. I think you, you had to, in order to accomplish, you know, specific things, of course. Oh, right, okay. But, but it, the, the gap was huge between, you know, the Amiga hardware and the PC hardware at the time. So if you wanted to do something similar to what the Amiga was doing on a PC, you had to, <laughs> you had to really, like, Jump, you know, what do you say in English? You just said it now. <laughs> yeah, jump through uh, some serious hoops. Yeah, yeah. Hoops That's the like thing that. about the PC hardware was that it was based on some nasty 1980 business machine, uh, and it had no business doing singing and dancing and demos and stuff. No. So you had to have a certain sound card, wasn't it? Yeah, the Sound Blaster. It was, it was Sound Blaster? I thought it was another one. I thought that was a total. Oh, no, before, one. yeah, it was. Um, Oh, yeah, yes. it begins with G. Oh, I've lost me now. But yeah, the, the, oh wow, the gas, <laughs> the for some uh, the no the gas gas G U S. Yeah, something. There was some. Oh, uh, some people people screaming down there. There, uh, uh, there's, uh, there's something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember, but yes, that thing that I never had. So no, no <laughs> we'll come back to it now. But yeah, I understand Blaster as well, and all thirty-two eventually. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, amazing. So, cool. So that's how you cut your teeth, basically, by making these amazing techno techno demos and just kick-ass music that blew everyone's mind. Yeah, at least I I tried. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then, yeah, then then maybe when I was like uh, 19 or something like that, uh, with the same friends, then we started uh, more, you know, into diving into game games and game programming. Uh, so we abandoned the scene, <laughs> but um, but what we learned there was was really important. So yes, yeah. and uh, and then I yeah basically I stayed on the, on the PC since ever. I mean PC Mac, you know. Understood. Yeah, we all left the Amiga behind. Sadly, uh, we had yeah. to end, but uh, mm-hmm. 
I remember when I defected, as I said at the time, in 1995, because I was, I was like, I'm not going to do this until it gets a decent OS. That was my reasoning. And uh, I was right. Windows 95 wasn't brilliant, but it's damn sight better than 3.11. Um, and, uh, yeah, I never looked back, really. Um, you know, I remember playing Command and Conquer and uh, Doom, of course, and uh, Warcraft 1. Uh, that does exist, everyone. Warcraft One. Uh, that was a that was that was a great game. Although I knew I knew it was basically Command and Conquer in in Fantasyland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and also some other some other great games on the PC. Um, Descent was one of my favourites as well. So. Oh, Descent was fantastic, <laughs> wasn't it? Wow. It did. I mean, I've heard people from being, you know throwing up when they're playing it. I didn't have that problem. I just loved the freedom of it, being able to yeah, exactly. sound and exactly. oh. And yes. it really, you know, it was it, groundbreaking. Yeah. It was. I had a Pentium 100 back in '95, which was ridiculous. Yes, yes. Uh, I had 16 megs of RAM as well, so this thing yeah. flew. It really flew, yeah. and uh, it uh, it cost a bomb as well. But my goodness, it could play anything. Yeah. Uh, yes. At the uh, time, I was actually working in a computer shop, so I was getting a lot of hardware. <laughs> oh, I bet you. At a very cheap <laughs> price, so it was was a lot of fun. But another game that actually inspired me a lot and uh, the time was a few years earlier actually it was um, Dune 2 yes the basically the first RTS maybe you could say it's not quite apparently I've had this oh exactly before. but so annoying it's actually her song why on the or uh, there might be a game earlier than that on the Mega Drive I don't know yeah I think spiritually let's say it that there was a it was an amazing, you know, Dune 2 was an amazing RTS game. Wow. Whether it was the first one or not, let's not argue about it. Um, yes. It's the one that people cite as one of the earliest. Let's give it that, all right? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, but I remember being just blown away by Dune. Because I loved the Dune universe, I've read all the books. Although, yep. to this day, I regret doing that. Because personally, I think <laughs> Frank, I think Frank Herbert should have stopped at number one. Because the Probably. rest would just, come on. Come on, children of Duke, no, no, heretics, exactly. no. Uh, but that, that world, that universe, that concept, that, you know, reflection of, it's still quite topical, sorry to be like that, but it's, it's an amazing uh, book, and for, to reflect that in that, in that it's perfect, it's perfect marriage, and uh, yeah, great stuff. I actually played the first one too, and that was tough as nails, but um, yeah, Dune 2. Yeah, but the first one was more like an Adventure was. Uh, it was um, uh, like a god-like god game, so you had to manage yeah. your civilization, yeah, yeah. and yeah, it was, right. you know it wasn't for everyone, but I liked it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but Dune Two really inspired me. In the, okay, so what did you? <laughs> so what did you make in, in these you know years? What were you doing in this this time? A lot of. Uh, unfinished games oh dear you know that fini- finishing games is one of the hardest things you yes, know, I've, ever. yes I've said this on the show many times always congratulate developers for finishing a game yes so <laughs> <laughs> I, I I still have the the hard drive with all that stuff from those years and I can still run them you know like in DOS box or something and I'm always like blown away by seeing how many things I did at that time that I don't even remember how many small or maybe big games never finished and and I was like why why did I do that and I was like completely crazy right. so but I, but I was making all kind of stuff I was making kind of a clone of um, Dune 2 
um, I made um, a computer version of I think it's called Mastermind. Is it called Mastermind as well? In UK? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah the game with the colors. Yeah, little colors. I loved that game as a kid. Yes, uh, I used to torment my brother with it relentlessly. It's fantastic. Yes, uh, it's great having siblings with that game. I have three of them, so it was awesome. Carry on. <laughs> And I finished that one. That was complete. And I sent it to um, to a computer magazine. It was right. like the biggest Italian computer magazine at the time. And they were like reviewing, you know, games made by people. And they didn't accept mine. <laughs> so I was really, oh, no. really sad. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I kept, you know, making them. <laughs> um, and I don't know, I, I, I made... Uh, Platformer. Um, I started an adventure game, uh, but always with, with different friends. So we were always changing, you know, genre and, and stuff. But but yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing <laughs> these years. Okay. Instead of you know studying. Probably. Oh. <laughs> so what? Well, I was at university, but I wasn't studying that much. Oh, right, okay, yeah. What did you read, may I ask? What were you studying? Was it computer science or? Yeah, computer science. Yes. Okay, cool. So um, eventually, you, you you managed to work with um, uh, is it Tom? Is it over in the Netherlands? Thomas. Uh, Thomas, sorry. Thomas, yes. Uh, and he he you um, he made. Kingdom as a flash game, and then you you chipped in and said, "I can help you make this real." Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. basically that's uh, that's what happened. So uh, the story behind it is simply that a friend of mine one day, uh, about like two years ago, maybe a bit more, um, sent me a link to the Flash version of Kingdom, and I fell in love. I was like, "Okay, this is a super cool idea." Yeah, and uh, at that time. So we, from what I was telling telling you about before, you know, this is like a gap of <laughs> twenty or fifteen years. So, but at that time I was um, uh, I was a mobile game developer. I was making games on iOS for uh, as a freelancer for other companies. Understood. And um, pays so the bills. I was, I w- yeah. <laughs> yeah, pays the bills. So, yeah. Yes, exactly. And. Um, I thought, you know, that, that Kingdom would be a perfect match for an iPhone or an iPad. So I simply sent an email to Thomas uh, saying, hey, I'm a game developer. And I was thinking maybe we could, you know, port it to iOS and make it like, a, you know, into a commercial game. And he was like, yeah, sure, that's a good idea. Let's do it. And we started working together on an expanded version of the game as well. Right, uh, but for quite a while we worked on iOS. Uh, okay, and there was no plan to make it for PC or any other platform because my specialty was iOS development at that time. Okay, um, <clears throat> but then we we won the Nordic Game Program Fund. Yes, you did. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> so we got this, you know, a bunch of money, and we said, well, maybe we should, you know aim a bit higher and just uh, move to PC with Unity and uh, all this kind of stuff. And so we did. So we actually had to start from scratch again. Okay. Uh, but uh, Would you ever consider making this on... Uh, sorry to throw this at you. You might, you might clam up at this point, but I'm going to ask you anyway. I've recently got an Apple TV version 4, 
and I've mm. been playing Old Times Adventure on it, which is a, mm-hmm. one of my favourite favourite iOS games. Have you heard of it, Old Times Adventure? I'm not sure. It's a snowboarding game. It's awesome. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's a bit infinite runner, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> and it's not it's not um, free to play either. You just pay pay one price, and that's it. And he, the, the developers have been supporting it ever since. It's a bit like Cannibal in that regard. Anyway, okay. I'm asking, would you ever consider putting it on a on Apple TV? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, when I saw the new Apple TV, I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> we must port it there like I, now. <laughs> yeah, because I've been playing on mine and it's awesome. I've got a controller and everything as well. Yeah, it's, it's so good. It Just to have that little box, teeny tiny box. Yeah, it's and, true. And uh, similar, I mean, uh, Fire TV as well. That's, that works too. That works too. So yes. yeah, there's great competing devices. I have ten devices on my telly. Ten. <laughs> Uh, I'm happy to say one of them is a GameCube as well. So, mm. yeah, it's a, I, have a, I have a component. I don't know where I got it. I have a component cable for my GameCube. They're rare as hen's teeth, and I don't know. <laughs> like, how do I have this? How do I have this? <laughs> so, uh, I know I don't complain. It looks fabulous, but anyway. So, mm-hmm. so you worked on the. Uh, so I, I can see it really working on iOS. I mean, do you ever think of regressing back to it? I say regressing, but you know thinking about because clearly it worked on iOS right yeah 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 it, it did but uh, when we were working on the iOS version we didn't really work on the interface at that moment right. so the problem of the touch is not solved yet no I can imagine right? even though because be we, so- we hate the the D-pad thingy yes. right? so the fake keys on, on the screen it doesn't doesn't work you could do no, tilty I, but people don't like tilty either yeah no exactly so we will have to think about that. Yeah, know. tilty's a technical term, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So that brings us up to the present day, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, so yeah. You, you did a lot of freelancing. That's what I want to get through to that, and uh, that's that's great. I mean, I have a lot of time for iOS games as well. The, the ones I do not so much free to play. Typically, I, I play most of, most of the games. You know, one price like the Room. I love the Room games, for example. Oh, absolutely! I just bought the Room Three. Like, Isn't it brilliant? Don't, no spoilers. Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, how can you spoil it? <laughs> and, well, it's just like you know, anything that happens in that game, like oh, you've ruined it now. Like oh, uh, so but it is fabulous though. I, I love the. It just makes my brain do wonderful things, and I, yes. I, I'm happy with that. It makes me feel awesome. Like I am not stupid. Yay! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Super so, well done. Brilliant. We. We've had them on the show, by the way, Fireproof Studios. Excellent. Oh, nice. So, um, moving on now, as a creative person, clearly you are. You've demonstrated that in your first answer to the first question, or second question, I should say, because the first one was, who the hell are you? Um, what are your biggest influences as a creator? What's the thing you latch onto most, and even, even when you don't want to, it keeps on haunting you like a haunty thing? Interesting question. <laughs> um, well, I would say simply uh, other games and specifically some game developers. Uh, like, I really like um, uh, Jonathan Blow. Oh, yes. Break uh, was, was a glorious, yes. glorious game. I adore it. I really do. I, I I watched all the interviews and everything, yeah. but I, I really like his approach. Uh, yeah. The witness, I think you think it would be a nightmare to work with him. Oh, but, probably is yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like I understand the people who make Journey, that game company. The oh people, yeah, yeah. I mean they 
they imploded after doing it. You know, they all after obviously there's a lot of pain, a lot of pain making that game. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, so sad because it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, yes. but unfortunately, it costs a lot of people. There, uh, there's a lot of stress, unfortunately, which yes. is unwarranted in my view because it needed someone to go in there, in my view, and say it's okay. Don't worry, it's okay. No one dies. I know, it's okay. No. Yeah, it's okay. There's no violence. I know, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and, uh, and it sounds ridiculous to say that, but it's like it's okay. It's okay. No yeah, one's going to reject this. But yeah. that's the. I believe that was the main premise of the problem that they just didn't have confidence in what they were doing, which is what happens with most of the best creators. They're just quite modest. Uh, absolutely. They do, and they think well, this is a bit rubbish, isn't it? No. <laughs> no absolutely. <laughs> But I'm, I'm convinced that most of the, the the best things, like the best games, are always like a product of uh, pain and also uh, fights. You know, yes, in, big, big in, in the team and yes, clashes even, and even internally, if you've got one or two or one person doing it, and they're just a tortured genius sort of thing. Uh, yeah, like, uh, Phil Fish being an example. <laughs> Phil Fish, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I I I met him once. Did you? Oh, okay. Yeah, at the conference. You live to sell the tale. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, let's let's not talk about that. No, but it's a brilliant answer though to say you're inspired by your peers. And what yeah, the- basically that. I uh, maybe unconsciously I'm inspired by other things, but I cannot really pinpoint them no. at the moment. Okay. Uh, it's a very, I mean, I've been trying to reword this question, but I can't. I just want to know what drives you as a creator. That's really the premise of the question. What's the mm. thing that keeps you going? In, you well, know? okay, yeah, right. What keeps me going is uh, that I want to innovate. <laughs> yes. That's what I want to do. I've, I've become so obsessed with innovation in games that I basically reject 99% of my ideas and other people's ideas. And uh, just because I, if I just feel like it's something that has been done in some way already that I remember something, then I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to really find something super innovative. It shouldn't, it, it doesn't have to be alien, but you know, it also has, has to be familiar in some way. Otherwise people won't understand it, but. Uh, I think Kingdom is is a um, is a good example, right? Yes, it's, uh, it's it's inspired by many other things, and it has you know pieces from other games, of course. But the the very simple interface together together with the deep strategy, uh, it's it's not uh, things that you you see often in games. I would it's, say it's, it's kind of unique. It's deceptive. No offense. Sounds like it, but yeah, it, yeah, it is. You it walk is. into the thinking, oh, this is just a uh, <laughs> very, very quickly, yeah. very quickly. You get your your you know your ass handed to you, like, oh god, what was that? Like, yeah, you really didn't get this, did you? Try yeah. again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just, uh, but anyway, we, we're rushing ahead. We're rushing ahead. Uh, that's all right. That's fine. So, the next question is. Um, what developer do you most admire industry and why? So who it could be a developer a person or a company. Who do you like point to? You've already mentioned Jonathan Blow. Yeah, but Jonathan Blow, yes. Um Well, I would say one of the my favorite studios is Frictional Games. 
Okay. Makers of Amnesia and, and Soma. Oh, yes. Terrifying. Too many. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I do get scared. I can get scared. I'm not, I'm not one of these people who refuse to play scary games. I don't. I, I actually get a kick out of them. Uh, <laughs> mainly because, you know, as a kid, I did, I did watch Alien a little bit too young. And mm. that, that was bad. Because that mm-hmm. means that I kind of got desensitized. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alien, I don't know about, I don't know if you're familiar, uh, I'm sorry, not familiar, but uh, your feelings of that film, but it is a horror film. That's what it is. It's not a thriller. It's not a, you know, adventure. No. It's a pure horror film. Yes. And, yes. uh, and, uh, seeing that at the age of 13, I think it might be a little bit too young for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you have older siblings that don't know any better. But, uh, yes, um, who are three or four years older than you, then you end up watching things that you shouldn't. But, uh, yeah, Amnesia, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love uh, horror movies and horror games in general, yeah. but I, I just finished Soma a few days ago. Okay. And, uh, I loved it so much. Brilliant. It's, uh, it's not even, I wouldn't even call it a horror game because it's much, it's much less scary than, uh, Amnesia. Yeah, but it messes with your mind in a different way. Oh yeah, it? it's, it's super tense, yeah. extremely tense, uh, but it's so well done. Uh, it's yeah. just uh, I was blown away. Okay. Oh so, yeah, they I like them a lot. Anyone else? Uh, Oof, um, can't remember the name of the studio uh, that made uh, Alien Isolation last year. Oh yeah. Uh, what's the name of that? Okay. We, we we could look it up, but no, we won't do that. I hate doing that. <laughs> so so yeah, the people behind guys, that, yes, 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 I think they they did a fantastic job. Yeah, fantastic job with that yeah. Oh. Well, did you get it on? Did you play on the PC? Did you? Yeah, yeah. Because I think yeah, that I, game would work better on any other. Again, I thought PC Master Race nonsense. It's just, I think the the fact the monitor's so close to your face. It seems to lend itself to that kind of experience. Yeah, well, yeah. The thing That's, is yeah. that I'm a anti-console man. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow, I never, still I never owned a console in my life. Really? No, <laughs> I skipped I, uh, all of them. Well, I tell you a funny story. One of my f- earliest wage packets uh, as a teenager, when I started work, I was given you know x amount of that, hundreds of pounds, which you shouldn't give to a teenager, but it happened, and I bought a Sega Master System. Uh huh. When it came out, just the, the day it came out, I bought one. Okay. And I bought, uh, and I thought, well, I loved Outrun. Outrun's one of my favouritest games ever. Uh, I don't know, I know it's not the greatest, it's not, it's barely a racing game, it's just nonsense. But I, I like, I love the vibrant colour and the Sega Blue Sky nonsense. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and I bought this thinking, stupidly, that it would be like the arcade version of Outrun in my home. Not, uh. real, not realising that that won't happen for another ten years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it was in 87 and the in 97 when Sega released the Saturn and Sega Classics or collection uh-huh. Sega Ages collection uh, they finally released the arcade outrun in the home but this thing this thing was this orange blob at the bottom of the screen which was meant to be a Ferrari chugging around this stuttering screen like what have I done what have I done and uh, for 10 years 10 years after doing that I swore off all consoles, all of them, uh, and I didn't get back into them until the PlayStation One. So there it is. Okay. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's a story. That's a confession. I see. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, um, I think for for me, 
the reason why I don't like consoles, uh, or I didn't like consoles at that time for sure, is is was mainly because it's like a a black box with with which I cannot do anything else than playing games. So as a developer, I was like, I want to code now, and I cannot do anything. So I'm not gonna buy it. So I I needed something I could code on. So it was either the Amiga or the PC or you know the personal computers. That's why I. Yeah, it was the yeah. Neturoos. Remember that the uh, the thing that the, the PlayStation you could develop for in C. You could use mm. C plus plus to actually make games for the mm. PlayStation. But mm. uh, yeah, that was kind of a, a niche thing. But yes, you're right. They are kind of dumb, aren't they? You just plug them in, put a cartridge in, or put a CD. Yeah. Off you go. So yeah, in a way, yes. <laughs> so it's like, oh, is that it? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Okay. Also, I, I feel very stupid when I play with a controller. I feel <laughs> like I'm, I don't know, I'm four year old, four years old or something. <laughs> it's, it's really bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you to do. You can just imagine the yelling in the comment section. It'll be fine, everyone. It's great. So, speaking <laughs> of playing games, what are you playing right now? Yeah, right now I'm not playing anything. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, yeah, because I just finished Soma and I was actually oh. looking for a game. Okay, and, there's a certain uh, thing in Wasteland of Boston, I'm just saying. Just. Yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is. Just, just, just saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not work for Bethesda, but I'm just saying, you know, it's, I know. it's there. It's, it's a thing, <laughs> it's, it's, it's there. <laughs> I, will, I will, I will play You that. will, you will. Like everyone else, you will. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, okay. uh, yeah I, I'm not in the right state of mind to play that game now. <laughs> I need something uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. No. I've I've okay, I've been having this this issue uh for maybe almost two years now. Right. Um maybe it, this is even have, has a name, I don't know, but I um, I find it extremely hard to find a game that I like and when I find it, probably I'll just play 15 minutes and then I'll stop. Wow. And I, I, I heard about many other game developers that have this issue. It's like, you know, I'm just analyzing a game. Yes. I, yes. It's more like that instead of enjoying it. I'm like, oh, okay, I know the mechanics. I understood, you know, everything. Okay, sure. I'm not interested anymore. Yeah. You, you uh, have to. You, sorry to say, because I have a similar problem. I'm not a developer, but. I have a similar problem as an analyst, as a commentator. I'm not, you know, as a commentator of the medium itself. There's a sounds a bit pretentious, but as, as I find it difficult to to let to let go. Yeah. Uh, just let go, and yes. I find it easier with video games than I do with board games. Oddly enough, mm. um, I can lose myself in video games because I can get mesmerised by the visuals and the reward that gives. Right. Um, because I'm a, uh, you know the archetypes. There's five archetypes. I don't like that use of the because I think there's a blurring off of that. I think it's wrong to categorise people. But let's just go with this for the sake for the sake of the conversation. I'm an explorer. I love seeing new stuff. Okay? Mm-hmm. My best example I'll give is I played WoW for a good four or five years, solidly. I admit uh, to the point where I finished it. <laughs> okay. I, I couldn't see anything else. I'd seen everything, killed everything multiple <laughs> times. I'm like, I can't. My character was this uh, priest, uh, and I led raises the priest. Don't don't do that. 
pro tip don't don't ever do that and uh and he was a glowing purple blue thing and he had everything all of the things and i i can't can't do this anymore can't can't, i just can't because not because i was born it's just that i had nothing else to see yeah and uh, it's the same with like games like fallout and skyrim and gta i played them because i want to see stuff Yes. So for me, that's how I get over it. However, with board games, there's not that much to see. No. So what happens is you start looking at the mechanics because you can't help yourself, and then you realise that hang on, I'm just doing, I'm just playing a spreadsheet. And and when when you see that, when you just see the code, you know, it's just like it's that, that the thing in the Matrix where it says I don't see code in it, I just see oh, there's the redhead. There's a, it's just like when it's, when you just see the code. Yes. Uh, it ceases to become any engagement and that's what I think you're suffering from is that you look at it and go oh, I just see the code now I can see that piece of code is interacting yep. with that piece of code and yep. ultimately you know because you've been playing and manipulating computers for so long you know that computers even though the most complex ones out there I believe you may disagree are just ultimately a series of switches <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, but it, it is, is just on. Oh yes, of and, course. And that one, when that goes off, that one over there goes on, mm-hmm. and, and it is. That's the, that's the basic premise. I mean, yes, you have layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of switches, of but it's still just a series of switches. And I think that's what you're suffering from. You've got switchitis, and uh, I think. I can't offer any advice apart from maybe take a snippet of what I do and go, isn't that look amazing? That's why I play Kingdom for so long. <laughs> because I want to know what the funk else is in it. I want to know what, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's what drives me to play Kingdom, not to beat it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm not trying to beat it because I know I won't be because I'm not a great tactician. Um, to anyone who tells me you, you play me a, a Dota or any RTS, I'm rubbish. Oh yeah, because I'm I'm too I'm too reactive. I don't predict at all. I don't two yeah. or three moves ahead. Can't do it, my friend. Can't yes. do it. I'm too reactive. It's me. Me. I love board games. I'm so reactive. It's ridiculous. I'm the worst person to play board games because I'm just going. Oh, he's done that. I know. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and they go. What's he doing? I mean, I'm just I'm just chaos. I am just absolute chaos. And people are like, what what will you try to achieve? I don't know. It seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I can offer you is that maybe just dwell and revel in what else have they made? You know, because if so few games get completed these days, as you know as a developer, it's such a shame that all this content you've made, only a tiny fraction of the people are going to see it. Very true. So that's what I can say to you. Like, if you really want to help your fellow developer out, just have a look. Find it. Find all that stuff they made. Yes. You know, it doesn't really work with MMOs. Trust me, I know that takes decades. But I'm, yeah. talking, I'm talking about, you know, if you played... I mean, it, um, there's some, you know, Hotline Miami, for example. I finished that sucker, despite itself. You know, <laughs> and, and, and I loved it. Loved it. And the, mm. the content in that game, as it gets on, and when you finish it, it's glorious. It's a glorious yeah. thing. So just celebrate what they've made. And that's what I say to you, Marco. Just celebrate what your develop- fellow developers have made and let go, if you can. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Good. Good. All right. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the first half of the show. Well done. You've made it. 
Um, that's the first boss done. <laughs> Aha. I know, yeah. We've now got a second boss to deal with, which is Kingdom. a minimalist RTS to the game. <laughs> at least that's the definition that we we found at some point. Uh, we spent a long time trying to find a good, you know, and short definition for this game. And I don't think this is a good one, but <laughs> it was the best that we could find. I describe it, if I may, as a 2D builder without the faff. Because um, <laughs> you do build things, but yeah. these things are triggered, they're pointed and highlighted to you, and the, you, the building of these things increases in complexity in a very, very granular fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and upgrading, you have to balance the upgrading versus the expansion versus mm-hmm. the exploration. Yes, so maybe yes. it's a 2D. It's a 2D layout yeah. strategy game. <laughs> yes, it's a 2D 4x game. <laughs> Somehow, yes, with, with with building, but not Minecraft. Please, God, not that. No, no, no. So it's not that, right? It's not that, and it's not an adventure uh, game. Well, it is kind of an adventure uh, game, and it's not Terraria. I don't know how. Well, yeah, it, compared to Terraria, it was like Terraria. What? <laughs> no, because, <laughs> because said, it's two D pixel art. Two D pixel art, and also you go left and right, left and righty, and you um, build things, but you don't because you don't have a menu. Anyway, so this is the I first question. Then, first, yeah, thanks. <laughs> the first, first technical question. Ready? Listen, brace yourself. Yes. The interface for Kingdom is very simplistic. Yes. Right and left plus a single button press yes. being the only way the player interacts with the game. Mm-hmm. Was that always the way? Was it always that base level interaction and you just kept... Was there any intention to make it a little bit... Throw in something else? No, that was the original one. And when we started working together, we decided that this is the basically the foundation of the game. So we, no matter what, we will never add a new button or a new feature in the interface. But what about the horse? You mean the galloping? Yes. Yes. So... What about that? (laughs) The thing is that galloping, uh, we, we accepted the galloping because 
you can use a double tap to, to, to gallop, right? Yes, you can. But you can also use shift. Yes. And that was only... Um, we, we added shift just for testing purposes. Right. Because it was easier to, to test. And then somehow, you know, we discovered that our our testers were always using shift instead of the double tap. <laughs> so we said, okay, let's just leave it there. But that's the only thing that maybe breaks the rule a bit. But he, uh, there is also the fact that he runs out of, you know, the horse runs out of puff, basically. It has to slow down. Yeah, but still the interface is the same. It doesn't... Why, why are you mentioning that? The reason I mention it is because it's kind of like a... It's a it's a feedback loop to the player because mm-hmm. they can go running around, but if they do, they will actually run the risk of having to yes. stop. Yes, and that's what I was thinking of. That's what I was trying to draw out of you. Yes, it's not an interface thing you press, but it's something that the the game throws back at the player. Like, yeah, you can go running around, but if you do, we want be careful. You know? Yeah, of course. Yes, yes. Well, you need feedback loops otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna work. I just love that limitation. There's little, even that layer of, I mean, that hints at the layer of the complexity of Kingdom. Because, like I said, it it draws you in thinking, oh, this is a nice little, pleasant little, you know, builder. Get no, it's not. <laughs> this, yeah, is, yeah. this is the world of pain. So, the aim of Kingdom. This is not a spoiler, everyone, because you'll you'll figure it out within ten minutes of play, if maybe even five. The aim of the game is, but I believe you may disagree is to stem the tide of beasts that are rampaging through the realm. And, and I won't go into details about where they come from, because that's a spoiler, I believe. All right? mm-hmm. But they are rampaging through the realm. They come out at night, typically. So I want to ask the question. There's something I've, I struggle with, because I'm not the greatest uh, um, tactics or statistician, if that's the right word. How do you communicate to the player when to expand and when to build... <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. We actually don't. You don't, no. <laughs> no. No, we don't communicate. So the only way the player has to understand that he needs to expand or maybe that he shouldn't expand is uh, that maybe after a day or two he realizes that he made a mistake because things start to go wrong. Yes. So it's kind of a natural uh, consequence of what you what you do. Yeah. Uh, the game doesn't really detect anything and doesn't try to tell you anything. But but you you realize yourself that okay, I built uh, too many walls and now this is happening and that's why you know I shouldn't have done that or you know I expanded too far and now I don't have. Uh, beggar camps anymore and it's hard to find new people yeah or you know this kind of stuff this is this is this was our our goal since the beginning was never never let the game tell you exactly why things are going wrong you should figure it out yourself okay so it's like it's, it's a balancing act that I've, yeah i get better and better at it every time i play it Exactly. Uh, and it just gets bigger and bigger. And, and eventually, you can actually find uh, not a balance because you don't want a balance. You want to be aggressive. You know, want to be really, really good at stemming the tide to the point where something happens. I won't say anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it, 
this happens multiple times. Again, I'm very, very careful. <laughs> this <laughs> yes. thing, this thing that happens, uh, and eventually it does end, but I haven't got today yet because I, I keep on getting things happen that prevents me from finishing it. Um, much to my frustration. But anyway, that's me. That's, I'll deal with it. Don't worry, Marco. I'll deal with it. <laughs> so I want to ask about, so the interaction, we haven't really spoken about how you build things, do we? It's money, isn't it? You earn money because yeah. you're a, you're a, you're a, 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 a king or a queen. With a crown, apparently you have to have the crown, otherwise you're no longer a king or a queen, mm-hmm. because the, the creatures kill. Well, they don't kill you; they just take the crown away, and you, yeah. you're, you're, you're nobody dies in the no game does. except well, bunnies. Except bunnies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, well, enemies do, but oh, that's well, yeah. Um, but uh, and they're strange old creatures, aren't they? Um, but then again, considering where they come from, you see, I'm almost, I'm almost gave something away, um, but. Um, the one point is, you can only instruct AI-controlled subjects using giving them money, and mm-hmm. uh, when you do that, they go and do things based on what you've built and what they first encounter when they go back to your camp. Yeah. Yet, when a, a combat occurs, when some, you, you as a player cannot aid with defense of the realm directly. You have to tell others to do it. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Come on, uh, out with it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever consider, like, maybe we should give him a mace or something? Well, why, why, are you, why, why are you completely defenseless? Because the idea was always that, you know, you're not the type of king that you maybe see in the movies that are, like, they are warriors or something like that. This is not you're Game of Thrones. King, you, yeah. you're, you're the guy with the money. Right, okay. And you have money, so you make other people do stuff for you. You're one of those. That's the only thing you do. This and is of not... course, you're not going to risk your life, you know, to, no. to <laughs> fight uh, trolls or whatever. So yeah, yeah. okay. So but, yeah, that's so that's the thematic. But what was the, yeah. the thematic? I get it. No, about... yeah, but of course, yeah. The the idea behind this mechanic is that um, throwing a coin is the only action you have. Yes. That this was the other the other rule Indeed. I was talking about. So yes. yeah, one is the simple interface, and the other one is that you have one action, one which action. is for a coin, drop a coin or, or pick one up, pay for something. <laughs> yeah, exactly, uh, and nothing else. And this this was a, a real challenge during development because of course we encountered so many times, you know, some some scenario or maybe we were thinking about a new feature, and we kind of needed to add something, like a new mechanic, right? Because how can we do this with just the same action of dropping a coin? Uh, but I think I think we managed. <laughs> and uh, that's why also you, you cannot fight yourself. Okay. Actually, you can fight in a way because uh, this is maybe a, a small spoiler, but it's fine. Uh, if you drop a coin you're basically winning, you know, a one-to-one uh, battle, right? If there's like a troll... Oh, yeah, yeah, they take money you, with it. Just, yeah. You just drop a coin, he takes the coin, takes and, the coin and, runs and off, he goes yeah. away. Yeah. So, that's... <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can't fight. do that. I've never done that, personally, because I'm fiercely protective of the minute amount of money you get at the beginning of the game. Yeah. It, 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 you eventually reach equilibrium with your money, but uh, it's it's hard to get to that point. Yeah. But it's a viable strategy in many cases. 
So I want to talk about the last thing, which we really haven't discussed. And it's, we need to sign off. I know, last question. Uh, but sad face, you know, all good things come to an end. <laughs> sure. The sound ah. and music of Kingdom ah. is extraordinary, as is the animation. Yes. The animation is amazing. The, the horse yes. is done correctly. Uh, it's hard to do horses. Um, it's hard to do hands and out as well, apparently. But horses are just as difficult. And you've got it right. All the fluid animation. I mean, it looks pixelated. People say, oh, it looks like a 16-bit game. Trust me, no 16-bit machine could possibly do what Kingdom <laughs> is doing. It would crap itself. Um, but, uh, well, it would just be turned into a general horrid, flickering mess. But I have to ask, could you tell, take me through the sound and music de- design? Because was it designed in tandem as the game developed, or did it was it a, sort of a later edition? Because it's extraordinary. Yes. Also, I, I have, uh, I cannot claim any credit at all on this. No. Uh, we were super lucky. So basically, I think in uh, March right. uh, or April, we still didn't have any sound, any music at all. It was completely mute the game, and um, there were a few musicians uh, sending us emails and. Asking, ah, can can I make you know soundtrack for Kingdom? And then we were just going over, you know, their portfolio and everything. And there was this one guy, so Amos Roddy, his name. Okay. Um, he's uh, he's known as the Toy Tree. Right. <clears throat> so he was really, really passionate about Kingdom, uh, the game itself. So he was really interested in contributing to. To this world somehow, okay. and uh, that's why we said, okay, let's let's do it, and we we hired him as a contractor, and he made all the soundtrack and all the sound effects, and the whole sound design was just his, and I'm super super happy that I'm there you are. Got, I mean, I know he's people, fantastic. He's fantastic. I know people would just sometimes wish you shouldn't do this. Don't do this in Kingdom. Just stop and listen. Don't don't do it. Yes. it you will yes. you will die. But it's just incredible, absolutely yes. incredible. I can tell you that what he decided since the beginning um, regarding sound effects was to only use real life sound effects. So everything is recorded by him, and actually, you know, he's doing. He he made the sound of the coin because he was just flipping the coin. Right. And let it, let it, like, letting it fall on the, on the desk and stuff like that. So everything, I think, except the horse uh, galloping is, uh, real, uh, real life sound. That makes, no, it makes sense. That's why it's yes. so rich. Yes. That's why it's got so much bass to it. Because it's yeah. real. Oh. For me, for me, when I, when he gave me the first, uh, batch of sound effects, and I implemented them into the game. The first one that I that I heard was the um, fire at the campfire, the kindling of the fire. Yeah. And when I heard it the first time, I was completely blown away. Like yeah. the it's, the game came that, to life. Is that bass? You know what I mean? The, the bass to it, the the, the raw yeah. the rumble. The yes. You know, that, I'm not sure. That thing. Yeah, that's... I was like, okay, now this is a game. <laughs> it, it it wasn't a game until then. <laughs> it was just something, some 
cold, right? But I'm glad you've it's... given him credit because we needed to talk about it because ah, he's he's, he's yeah. amazing and he's a ama- an amazing person as well. It's very easy to work with and yeah. Uh, yeah, super happy. I hope to work with him again. So sure. the end of the show. I know it's been great. Thanks for thanks for sharing so much about your past and your present and your future, maybe. Um, the Kingdom is out on Windows, PC, Mac, and Linux. Is that right? Yes. Good. Sometimes you get that wrong because some of our people go, "No, we haven't got it on Mac yet." Really? It's a Unity game. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's an excuse for that? Like, oh. <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll see it in other platforms in the future. Who knows? It's up to you and whoever. Um, but uh, whatever that may be, Mark has been fantastic having you on the show. Thank you very much for being on. And uh, wish you the very best of luck in in, in release of Kingdom, which is now out. We go and play it. Go, go now. Go. It's on the Steams. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yes, thanks very much for being on the show. Thank you very much. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review, and you can also don't forget listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com, and you can stream the show from there you just look up the sausage factory and you can find us that'd be great you can follow me on twitter at chris o'regan no apostrophes and uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com bye